What is up? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. It is Monday, and you know what that means. We are coming at you with an episode about market research. The inspiration is an article we found in the juice from Hotjar. A lot of really good stuff in here. Jonathan and I unpack it, talk about how market research is being applied to the juice and what we are building. Speaking of what we're building, we are launching creator pages this Wednesday on the juice. Go check it out. We are doing whatever we can to help the individual creator because we believe that the individual creator is the most important distribution channel in B2B and also a great way to humanize your brands. So go check out creator pages. We'd love that feedback. Follow some of the creators that we have on the platform, hand-selected, curated for you, the modern-day marketer. All right, that's enough plugs. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. As we are dropping this, it is a big week at The Juice. We are prepping for a launch that is happening on Wednesday. We are launching creator pages, which is something that I am very, very excited about. I'm honestly like, as as we're talking, I feel like I told Jonathan before we came on, it's like, I have this like infinite checklist and anyone who's been in kind of like this launch manager slash marketer role um, has been there probably where you are checking things off and then you think of something and then you have to go talk to like three other people and it just seems like a never ending. But then when you finally get to the launch, you kind of hit go, everyone goes and no one knows any of the mess that happened behind the scenes. So that's kind of where we're at. Fired up for creator pages. Jonathan, what do you think? Are you excited that we're we're finally here? It's the week. I am excited. It is a good test case of some of our own content distribution efforts, which we've talked a lot about on this podcast. So it's fun. We'll uh, learn in real time and then uh, try to practice a little bit of what we preach, drink our own juice, if you will. Um, and today, excited to talk about the step that preludes the checklist, which is market research, uh, which is we've done some of that behind the scenes here as well. So yeah, it's a it's a busy time at the juice. Lots of things going on, lots of exciting things. It's just a matter of keeping it all on the rails and keeping it moving forward and uh, having some fun while we do it. I think this article is timely to talk about because I think we can talk about this article and maybe share some context from the research from on the creator pages side along with some of the other things that we've been doing at the juice. So yeah, I'm excited about it. The article is from Hotjar. It is from Louis Grenier, who does no longer works at Hotjar. However, he has a podcast that I listen to regularly. And I think, I don't know, it might be like the first marketing podcast I ever listened to, but it's called Everyone Hates Marketers. And the his whole premise on the show, which is fantastic, is like, uh, we're we're tired of the BS that goes into pushy marketers and people pushing people through process, and it's time to kind of like build brand and earn trust. So I've I've known about this guy and I've liked his content, and I think he has some really good guests and interviews. So as I was thinking about research, I saw this article and I said, "Well, this is a good uh, use case to maybe talk through." Yeah, I'm uh, not surprised that everyone hates marketing and some of uh, what you said he talks about resonates with you. It's a lot of what we talk about. Just, you know, I think putting some humane uh, efforts back into the B2B marketing engine and excited that there seems to be this groundswell of marketers who who know the old playbook needs updated and are 
going out of their way to update it. So uh, excited to talk about this article that he wrote. And I think in and of itself, it's a good use case or a good example of content that uh, good content even, you know, outlives uh, maybe the the time that people work at a company or work with a brand, right? And even like Louis should be, you know, proud of this content, can continue to champion this message uh, no matter where he goes. And I think that's a sign that it's a content piece worth talking about. So the article is how to do market research in four steps, a lean approach to market research. I'll say this, just like jumping off out of the gates. I read this article and I, I, I like by no means want to pat ourselves on the back, but I think I was excited that by the time I concluded this piece, I was like, you know what? Like, I feel like based on this article, which I think is really good, I feel like we as a business have done a pretty good job of not just doing a bunch of stuff and seeing what happens, but actually talking to customers, talking to our members, testing, getting feedback, and kind of evolving. I don't know. That was like my first reaction just in our one-year life cycle. I don't know if you had any immediate reactions just right out of the gates. That was one of the notes I wrote down almost verbatim. It's interesting. I think market research is a interesting topic because it means so many different things to so many different people. I agree. One of my initial thoughts was like, we've done a lot of this and like, again, not patting ourselves on the back, but it was kind of surprising to me because, you know, we've never called it market research. And I think that speaks to the uniqueness and intricacy of what market research is. Uh, I think a lot of people maybe view it as very um, scientific or very process oriented, a lot of surveys, a lot of like process behind it. Again, just very scientific or mathematic even. And you know, we never, we did a lot of what's in this article about market research, but we never were like, let's go do market research or let's, let's, let's check that market research checkbox. It was just, we really felt like we were doing what was in the best interest of our stakeholders, our members on our platform, customers and brands using our platform. Uh, and so I, th- that was one of my takeaways as well is that, you know, I think we've at an early stage and I think we'll benefit from this because we've done it earlier on, we've done some of this, but it's just, I think it's all about just listening to all of your stakeholders, whether or not you define it as market research or not. And I think this article does a good job of outlining a lot of things that aren't the scientific format of market research or the very professional, very expensive examples of market research we maybe often think of. And I promise we'll like, we'll get into this article, but and we'll quit talking about ourselves, but this is like top of mind for me, especially with our launch that is going on. And I just got done like drafting our uh, letter for our newsletter that went out this last week. And I was thinking about previewing creator pages and the conclusion that I made and Jonathan, I'd love your feedback on this, just on your mindset, because we've never talked about this. And I don't really know. I know creator pages we've has been a thing we've talked about for some time, but for me, it, it really seemed like my research, uh, like one of the factors of like me coming to the table and being like, this is something we need to push forward. This is something we need to do was just like a culmination of conversations that I had had over a period of time where I kind of took a step back and was made this, made one of these observations that was just like, you know what? Like, these companies that are winning right now are the companies that are allowing their people to be on the front line and be their most important distribution channel. And I see the connections made from human to human on Twitter, in Slack communities, on LinkedIn, and relationships get built on the brand side after those are established. 
And so like, I came to the, we came to many meetings and conversations and I would express like, I think this is important. I think there's a rise of the individual creator. And I'm really excited because like, I'm not just saying like my research caused us to pursue creator pages, but I think having that validation and listening to people, observing companies, we, I think as a team have finally come to the determination of like, you know what, we're like releasing a product that is timely, relevant, and supports this trend of like moving B2B marketing away from like the stale, like focus, I'm leading with my brand. And now it's more like, how can we support this trend where people are leading with their people? You're exactly right. We always had creator pages on our roadmap. It was always part of our vision. We always wanted to do it. But what what caused us to prioritize it on the roadmap was market research. We went out and we talked to creators uh, like you do uh, every week on this podcast. And we heard themes very similar to it. And then we talked to members and we heard from them. They wanted to follow people and not just brands. And that was when we're like, oh shit, like this needs to be at the top of the priority list, right? And I, I'm really glad we did that because it, it's it's a hard thing that we're doing, uh, both from a technical perspective as well as just a promotional organizational perspective and all the work that you're doing. But it was the market research with both sides, both stakeholders we serve, members and brands that uh, was valuable. And it's like, it really made it a priority and something we really have worked really hard to bring to life. And I, I think that speaks to the balance that is like, you know, I, I don't I don't think market research should be part of what entrepreneurs and businesses should do is also paint a vision that maybe their users or their audience aren't even aware of. I, the, the Henry Ford quote, I think if I'd asked customers what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse, right? Um, so, so I think what it is, is it's a balance of having your vision, believing in your vision, believing in your mission, and then having some level of market research and bringing those two elements together that really um, allows you to make really big moves really fast. And uh, we've been fortunate to do that. And I think market research is a incredibly important ingredient in no matter what you're building. To kick it off, Louis references the one of the co-founders of um, Hotjar, David uh, Darmanin. And what he says is basically, you know, David pursued two businesses before Hotjar and they both failed because David didn't know what the David and teams didn't really know what the, the market demanded. But that shifted with Hotjar. And I sit here and say Hotjar, and I think almost anyone listening knows what Hotjar is what they do. They've got that brand. And um, he suggests that this is because when they went into the building and design of Hotjar, they took the time to do the market research, to understand what the market wanted. And he suggests that this allows them to, market research allows them to design better products, user experience, better marketing, more conversions. So I thought that was interesting just off the top where you have a kind of sounds like a serial entrepreneur who it took him his third go around to finally realize that, okay, like we don't just need to build shit and like hope for the best. Let's like actually take the time and have conversations before we start bringing in a team, start selling something. So that stood out to me. Uh, Not to keep talking about myself, but here we go. I think he's exactly right. When we started the Juice, uh, even before we were the Juice, we were a business called Fathom. Uh, I joined in July of 2020, uh, and I was so fortunate being launched out of the High Alpha Venture Studio. They empowered 
me and gave me the ability, us, uh, the company, the ability, which was just me at the time. I spent the first six months talking to a hundred marketers, asking about pain points, asking why, and uh, that allowed us to validate some of what we believed our vision to be devalidated some or invalidated. I'm not sure the right word there, the, uh, some other elements. And it really allowed us to, I think, then build a team and a product that made a lot more sense with some of that research. There was a line in the section that you're talking about in this content where it said analytics are the what and research is the why. I like that really connected the dots for him. So I was trying to figure out, you know, like, like I said earlier, like market research shouldn't determine everything you do. Like there, there's some balance there, but I, I love that idea of getting to the why. I think that's something we experience all the time. You know, we look at our analytics and we're wondering, you know, that's a great data point, but like, what caused it? Well, why did that happen? I think market research is maybe the only way to really truly understand the why from your user's perspective. So let me take a step back and we'll get into what you just said. I think the an interesting component of the last couple of conversations that I've recorded for the podcast or that will be live on the podcast was one was Michael Ashford and he has a podcast called The Follow-Up Question. And it's all about follow-up, asking questions gaining insight and allowing that information that you unlock to help drive your decisions. The podcast that will have dropped this past Friday is with Ryan Gibson of Content Lift, and his whole thing is on customer investigation. So it's like you've got these two guys that just, I don't know if it's serendipity or what, but like we read this article, these guys have come on and they're really building their entire life and their businesses around this idea of like market research, asking questions. And I think like the more I've spent time with them and have thought more about it is back to like the analytics pieces that, you know, so often in my career, it's like you'd see numbers, attribution and all of the data and you'd say, okay, like this is telling me a story. Let me go run and do more of this or less of this because of that. However, like if you're just following the numbers all the time and you don't take in like what people are saying or any of that feedback along the way, you, you can't really mash the context alongside of that. And so that was one of my takeaways too, as I wrote it down about analytics gives you the the what, but research gives you the why, that it's really important because if if you don't have the why, then I think you get stuck in this trap of like these me-centered marketing tactics that we've been, you know, working through or working on over the last several years that might be great for us or we think so, but isn't great for our audience. When I was doing the interviews ahead of launching, truly launching and starting the business, I had probably done 10, 15 interviews. I was walking through some of the feedback with a high alpha colleague, and he had just a great point that I think speaks to this like ask why or figuring out the why. You know, I would ask these marketers I was talking to, what's your what's your biggest pain point as it pertains to content marketing? They'd answer the question, something service level, and say, Great, go on to the next question. And he encouraged me. And I, this is, I think I've talked about this on this podcast before, but anytime you're talking about pain points or trying to understand the why, he, he said, no matter what they answer, ask two follow up questions about the pain point. And like, sure enough, they'd give me the surface level answer. You know, content distribution is my, my biggest pain point. Well, like, what part of content distribution is your biggest pain point? Well, it's the creative. And it's like, well, why is the creative? Well, because we're distributing 
uh, so many different pieces of content. Why are you doing that? Well, we have to go through all these different channels. There's not an efficient way to do that. Our website doesn't get the organic or uh, paid traffic we wanted to. So we go to all these and then like you, you just get down to this point where like, it's this like visceral reaction they're having to this pain point that is so much deeper and so much uh, more emotionally charged. And then it's easier for you to build something for that as opposed to like build a content distribution tool. No, we can build something that distributes content for you, right? So that's a big takeaway for me as it pertains to market research and maybe some advice as well as that. Don't just ask about pain points, but really pick at the scabs a little bit, uh, which is a a gross imagery, I guess, but uh, get people down to figure out how to ask the right questions so that people are having emotional reactions to it. And I think the feedback you get from that research will be so, so much stronger that way. And it, and I will say this, it, it, if you are a marketer and you're not involved directly in product or product decisions, this, this rings true, not only with product, but it rings true with content. When I started this podcast, I was trying to figure out what the direction and theme needed to be. And I knew there was something when I started saying stuff as we were setting up interviews with people and, but I couldn't figure out how to get that visceral reaction until one day I was unsure of myself and unsure if this was appropriate or the right time, but there was another marketer on the zoom call and they were dancing around the topic. And I just stopped them. And I said, can you tell me why you think B2B marketing sucks and what are you doing in your role to make it better? And that was like the mic drop moment for me where it was like, holy shit, like this is it. And that big light bulb and fireworks went off in my head. And I started to to run that play to other marketers. And it was the same thing. And I was like, by asking those two questions, I'm unlocking what our show is about or what it needs to be about. So I think regardless of you being, you know, in a product facing role, sales, marketing, whatever it is, like this works and can lead to better information and outcomes and better direction for what you're doing. And I will say that I think in marketing and sales, a lot of times it's, you know, you you can spray all the cliches like the person closest to the customer wins or, you know, talk to a customer like once a week or whatever. Like I, there's so many cliches about like getting to know your customer, being customer obsessed, customer centric. I, at the end of, at the end of uh, my market research journey and talking to a hundred marketers in a hundred days, I felt like such an idiot because I hadn't, I had truly not prioritized customer conversations, at least not meaningful customer conversations or intentional customer conversations in previous marketing roles. And man, like it is the, the best way to learn. And I, like, I think maybe even positioning it as market research and not just like customer conversations is probably a good way to keep it higher up on your to-do list or your checklist. Uh, because for me, it was always, you know, in very busy marketing roles where you're always doing, there's always a something, a deliverable or something that is very tangible at the end of it. It's really easy to prioritize those things over sitting down and doing market research where sometimes the the takeaway isn't as tangible as other activity but man, it is, and we keep proving it over and over with our team here at The Juice. Um, and it's something, it's been one of my biggest takeaways from starting this business is uh, I probably did not talk to our customers in any of my previous career stops uh, as much as I should have. I'll, I'll like put an exclamation point on that from my own perspective is that I, I will call myself, I, I was a pretty average to borderline shitty marketer before I started thinking about a podcast. 
And the podcast is the vehicle to have market research and market conversations. And I, when, when I started like this before this comp before the juice and now at the juice, I, I honestly, like, I'm not sure what I would have done or where I would be doing what I would be doing right now, because like sitting down and just prepping for the call, asking questions, creating an episode, like really makes you a better marketer and it makes you informed. And I'm not like recommending, like you need to go start a podcast, but you need to, you need to create or figure out what your vehicle is to have those conversations. Because if you're not having those conversations, you're missing out on valuable information that can shape your career. And I think shape the trajectory of where your company is going. Duh. Right. Like marketers sitting here, like record your conversations, uh, notate your conversation. Like it's content, right? Like we're sitting here talking about content, like market research can be dual purpose. It doesn't have to be scientific. Like use like use it, right? Uh, go to market with it, you know, obviously with all the right permissions and confidentiality and those things. But like marketers who are always looking for ways to create content, like this is a way to accomplish, you know, two birds, one stone. You, you learn more about your customers and you can create content. Uh, market research can really be a, a cheat code for marketers. We're, we're uh, sharing a lot of personal stories on this one. And maybe we close it out. Um, maybe continue in the context of maybe the juice. And I'd love to hear uh, your observations, but the lean way, there was four, four things that they, uh, he called out in the lean way to do this. And one was create simple user persona, personas, conduct observational research, conduct individual interviews and analyze the data without drowning in it. And I just looking at those things, I think that was like the, what hit me in the face after I was done with the article was like, you know what? Like, I think we're doing a pretty good job at these things, but I'd love to get kind of your thoughts on just like those four bullets and just any observations on like what you've learned from us kind of focusing in on those things and perhaps like recommendations for anyone listening on um, how they should be thinking about them. Yeah. I would actually say like, we're doing two, three, and four pretty well. I think one, interestingly enough, is something we haven't done as strong of a job of as we could have. I think we're, we're trying and we're, we're, we are actively working on it, but um, yeah, uh, I think like observing, um, is something that I am not real good at personally, but, uh, I'm fortunate we've got an awesome team, team of the juice that has put some forcing functions in place for me to observe. Uh, anytime we, when we've launched, uh, when we launched, we sat down, and we watched, uh, some of our colleagues at high alpha and some friends and family, like how they navigated the platform. And we did very classic, like product research of, okay, now try to achieve this, or what are you trying to achieve with that? And I remember we, uh, during that we, we had scheduled like a two hour debrief or maybe even an hour debrief. Like we had, we brought people into the office, gave them breakfast uh, and then watched. And I think we had like an hour on the calendar where we as a team were going to debrief on what we saw. And I kid you not, we spent the rest of that afternoon in that conference room going through all the feedback we got just from watching people uh, for like an hour. Um, and that no one spent an hour in the product. It was like watching 10 different people for five minutes. It was crazy. Um, and we were so much better and so much more prepared for launch because we did that. I think the data is the other thing we do really well. Um, we do a good job of referencing data. And I think, as we mentioned earlier, it's it's a what. And then we we back that up with member interviews and conversations you're having on this podcast. And that becomes our why. And I think that's uh, been really beneficial to us as well. 
And then the last thing I'll say kind of on that section that I really liked is he also gave like pitfalls to avoid, which I think is like really cool content to like, not just say like, this is what you should do. We are the best at doing it Buy our software. Like I think like showing that, you know, what pitfalls to avoid is like really savvy content of like, we've done it. Like we've messed it up before. I think it shows some vulnerability as well. And uh, I, I thought that was a really cool perspective that they infused into the content also. Totally agree. Research does not have to be boring. It really doesn't. I think spending time asking questions, looking at the data, observing can lead to some powerful outcomes. Hopefully you heard some of that from us today. We'll be back with more of these. We are getting inspired by the brands and the creators on our platform. And it's just really easy for us to find articles that we're thinking about and topics that are getting us Uh, motivated and bring them to the podcast to talk about. So there will be more. Jonathan, anything in closing before we end this episode? If you're looking to do some market research, The Juice is a great place to start that, uh, researching content and let that lead you down the path. Really enjoyed the conversation, really enjoyed the content from Hotjar and uh, excited to continue our own market research journey. Thank you, everybody. Learned a lot from that piece and really want to double down on the importance of market research and how it has impacted our growth at The Juice and my personal career growth. Go check out that article. We'll put it in the show notes. Go check out creator pages. If you like what we're doing over here, tell a friend. Take care. Have a great week.